Welcome back to We Saw Enough. This is episode three, so that means Saw 3. This is Brett, and I am hanging out with Tim. Hello. And Cullen. Sup, posers. <laughs> uh, these two have just seen Saw 3 for the first time. Uh, and a little bit of an epilogue that we're going to talk about as well. Uh, but if this is your first time listening to We Saw Enough, you should definitely check out the first two episodes. What we're going to be doing is running through the Saw franchise. I am a major Saw fan. I've got all the DVDs, memorabilia, you name it. Uh, but these two, Cullen and Tim, have never seen the Saw franchise before. Uh, and Cullen isn't even really big on horror movies. So I'm not I'm really big on movies in general. In general, that's fair. Um, I'm guiding these two through this absolute insanity that is the Saw franchise. Uh, and we are talking about number three today. But um, first. But first. But first. So listen here, my little shits, or as my uh, father would say, shit asses, which I don't know what that means. Um, oh, yeah. On the last episode, I thought it would be important for us to get Brett's uh, opinions and his perspective on the uh, first saw and i think i think we should do the same with the second saw because this is your favorite saw is it not brett it or is the second, it's, one, the second one was yes so, so yeah saw two is my favorite only because it it has a special place in my heart i mentioned uh in the last episode that it sort of took me through uh the aftermath of katrina like it was sort of the uh gateway to coming back to my life and my friends and all that type of stuff. So when Saw 3 was announced, I knew I was going to go see the midnight premiere of that. Um, but in between Saw 2 and 3, uh, there was a website that was launched that no longer exists. Uh, it's a website that was called the House of Jigsaw. And it was a forum uh, where Saw fans would congregate and talk about the movies and theorize and all that stuff. Uh, I guess the, the mainstays of that website have found themselves on the Saw Reddit, uh, the Saw subreddit at this point, of which I'm also a part of. Um, but I was able to meet uh, literally years-long friends uh, that I still communicate with on social media off and on to this day and that Saw subreddit uh, because of House of Jigsaw. So it was part of Saw 2's promotional campaign that that website was launched in the first place. Uh, and like I said, this is what made me a fan of the franchise. So Saw 2 kind of pulled me in. And I mean, it's it's just been a, a landslide since then. Every movie, every year, uh, I've gotten, I, I have a figurine of Billy, the marionette, the puppet that's used in the film. I have the full uh, jigsaw pig head outfit, the robe, the the mask, all of it. Um, I mean, it's just, it's become sort of like a collector's thing for me. Um, it's, yeah, it just, it, it became a hobby that I loved and enjoyed. And because I met people that also loved and enjoyed the same thing. So it's really cool to uh, get to congregate with those of a like mind. All right, great. Uh, so I have to ask, how many times have you scared Bonnie? in that in that outfit uh it is funny that you say that because there is a photo in bonnie and i's 2020 like so well i should rewind a minute bonnie and i make a book every year of like our year together 
and the 2020 book we just got last month, there is a picture in that book of Bonnie pregnant, showing off her big baby bump like a month before Lydia's born, wearing the pig head. Hell and for yeah. those who don't know, for those who don't know, Bonnie is Brett's parole officer. Yeah, she's my PO. Uh, they have no actual real relationship besides that. So yeah, she's yeah she's my PO. Uh, I have to report into her. Um, well, I do have to report into her. That's how being married goes. Um, yeah, women so, be chopping him, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I should probably be careful with what I say because she listens to this. Uh, but what we're here to talk about is Saw Three. It is the final of the saw trilogy which i've said a couple of times is often considered by at least a portion of the fandom as the the bible the saw bible like this trilogy is is saw to a lot of people and that's part of the reason why we're or why i wanted to do this podcast why i wanted you guys with me to do this podcast um because of and we'll talk about this at the end a little bit of an experiment that um i wanted to prove to myself and see what happens in the Saw fandom as well, uh, because it, the series can potentially branch off from here. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna see how that works. We're gonna we're gonna see how that works. Uh, but Saw three, uh, I would I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you guys guess because we've been talking about the like the budget and whatnot. We know the first film was a million dollars. We know the next film was four million dollars, right? So I'm gonna have you guys guess the budget for saw three tim i'm gonna have you go first what do you think the budget was for this movie uh i can't see it being much higher uh, i'd say five i'd say five and a half million okay cool cullen what about you sir i see it being much higher i say 20 million all right so kind of like you guys have done before the answer's in the middle so saw three was given a 10 million dollar budget mm. Damn. Even a $10 million budget. Um, of course, then the next question has to be, what was its final box office total? Cullen, what do you think? Uh, the last one was one one fifty. Saw two? Yeah, uh, I think so. Let me double check. Um, it, I, it was, I don't, yeah, just under one fifty. It was about almost 148, yeah. 148, okay. I think, uh, I don't see it going down. So I think it's going to be around 170 okay tim your guess i am not uh, i'm i'm at 99 i think it went down really yes well that's what happens uh these long running series they go further further down um and that's why the budgets usually stay fairly low so they can still make a nice profit on them and i'm just mm -hmm. i'm just i mean i'm really just talking out of my ass because i'd be i could be way off but that's just my feeling well tim i can tell you that in principle, you are right, because we will see that trend um, coming in the Saw series. But <laughs> Saw 3 was actually the highest grossing Saw film out of all eight thus far. Wow. So obviously we don't know what's going to happen with Spiral, but uh, this movie made just a skosh under $165 million. Ooh, I was close. So, so wait. The audience score was lower than the first, but the third one made more money, which you would think logically would mean that people are so happy with two that they had to see three and bring some friends. Well, I'm sorry, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, that's actually a great segue because the next piece here is Rotten Tomatoes. 
So <laughs> it is like, the highest grossing Saw film of, I mean, of all time. Uh, but what do you think that the critics thought, Tim? What do you think their percentage is? So the last one was what, in the 30s, right? I think. Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe so. Saw 2 was, and again, I will double check for accuracy. Uh, yeah, Saw 2 was 36% on the critic score. I'm going 27%. I just I don't see them getting any higher. Mm, I see them okay. going lower, lower, lower until we're near zero. Okay, cool. Cullen, what about you? Dude, I, I realize that, like, I, w- I would be shocked if any of these films are certified fresh. So, uh, but <laughs> I will, it, it, I will tell you for sure that is not the case. Yeah, th- there are, there is one that's certified fresh. No, no, none of them are. Oh, none right? of them. Okay. No, none yeah. of them are. Well, it, it, it's because it's because of the the you know like jumping ahead a little bit here, but uh, it's all because of, like the in the last like five minutes how they're showing like the scenes and all the like the it, it's the crowd appeal. Uh, yeah, I go. I'll go with uh, 33%. Once again, you guys landed in the middle with Tim being the closest. <laughs> the uh, the audience has given this 20, or excuse me, the critics has given this 28%. So we got 28% from the critics. Now, the audience score, different story. Cullen, what do you think the audience score for this film is? You know what, I'll go, uh, I think uh, the last one was in the 50s. Yeah, fifty nine percent. Fifty nine. Ooh, so close. Um, what what is what is certified fresh? Sixty or sixty five? Seventy. Ooh, that's a good question. Might be a ten point grading scale. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's uh, it's got to be above sixty. I think it. I think it is sixty. No, no, yeah, I think sixty and up is is a fresh certified story. fresh. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think. Uh, Audiences, I'll say for 52. Okay. Tim, what's your guess? I'm going to say 65. I think um, as I thought it out, this might be repeat business that brought that that uh, box office so high. So I'm going to think they like this more than two for whatever reason, which we'll get into later. Uh, so I'm going to say 65. Uh, I'm going to say that you're on the right train of thought, Tim. Uh, this Saw 3 is actually the third highest rated saw film out of all of the viewers with 71 percent wow yeah mm-hmm. third highest uh it is it is only beaten by the original saw and uh and not to spoil this but uh our next film so we'll we'll get to that at the at the very end here uh, just, but yeah the third and none of them were certified fresh this is an audience score. Doesn't count to yeah. Uh, yeah audience. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as the critics are concerned, none of the Saw movies oh, yeah, are the, certified fresh. Oh, oh yeah, the audience audience gets the, uh, the the little popcorn emoji, huh? That's right. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. yeah. Gotcha. I know there's been a lot of cases of um, uh, people basically skewing the scores. Uh, no, I think they fixed it, but there would be brigading of making a film get higher or lower. Um, yeah. So they don't really certify anything from the audience usually. Yeah. Um, yeah. This so Saw Three was not only the third most popular amongst fans, but it really it it really started gaining that kind of traction that the Saw franchise. Uh, w- I mean, well, it's the reason that they kept going, right? So Lee Winnell again, he played Adam or the Shitmaster in the first film. Shitmaster. Um, He's he still alive. Film. 
<laughs> he, he cameos in this film. Um, this was his final Saw story. Like, as far as Lee was concerned, he was done after this. Um, that is why you can see a very stark difference in quality, in my opinion, uh, as you shift to Saw 4 and beyond. Um, but this was Lee's, he was finishing the trilogy here. Uh, James Wan was still serving as an executive producer, um, but at this point he wasn't involved with the story because James Wan had moved on to other projects. Um, this film was also directed by Saw 2's director, Darren Lynn Bousman. Um, it got nominated for, uh, I think, the MTV Movie Awards, Saturn Awards, things like that. Um, so it, it really, again, started gaining that traction, which even though Winnell was done, they the producers wanted to continue the series from here. And we'll yeah, it's called determine, money. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all about the money there. We, we'll, we'll determine through the course of this podcast if we think that was a good idea or not. But uh, what I'm going to do, since this movie is a long one, we're going to kind of just go over the plot in general, and then we're just going to kind of break some pieces down. Um, so what we're looking at with Saw 3, it opens up right at the end of Saw 2. So the end of Saw 2, we see Amanda chaining, shackling Detective Eric Matthews in the bathroom, and that's exactly where it opens up. That's exactly where this movie opens up with Eric trying to find his way out. He reaches for his flashlight. He finds his gun, realizes that the gun's been completely unloaded. So it's, it's useless to him. He's looking around. And then what does he see? He shines his flashlight on our good old friend, Dr. Gordon's severed foot, chilling in its shackle on the other side of the room. And then he finds the hacksaw up against the wall. Actually, I think he finds the hacksaw and then sees the foot and then puts two and two together, you know? Um, and then we we get the first kind of heart-palpitating scene in the movie where it looks like oh. Eric's about to his foot off. Did you guys get that same impression? Uh, yeah, I did. Because I felt like Eric was just going to do it. Right. Yeah, it felt like right. he was like, well, I guess I got to do it, you know? That's what that's what uh, yeah. his face kind of portrayed, like, you know? Well, fuck it. Yeah, he, he like stuffed his sock in his mouth and was just like, "We're this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. Uh, and he, he didn't. <laughs> he got, I don't know if it was fear or frustration or maybe both, but he chucks the hacksaw across the room and he's like, I can't do it. Um, his second choice, arguably worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, brutality of it. Brutality of it was just out of this world. But I gotta, um, I actually gotta kind of side with uh, our friend Eric Matthews here. I think I'd rather just beat the shit out of my foot than mm. it. I couldn't be that meticulous. I would just freak out about halfway through and probably stop. Uh, I just, I think, uh, you know, yeah, it's more brutal, but I feel like I, I, it's more believable that that's what you'd do than actually saw your Man, foot. Man, I, I really don't know what I would do in, in that situation between those two options. I, Cullen, what did you? Which one would well? I guess which one would you have done? Uh, I would have just uh, died. <laughs> <laughs> I would just take a nap forever. That's, that's my yeah. Idea. I would I would have taken a you know nice little uh, bath in a tub that was right next to him. Um, <laughs> contemplated my uh, <laughs> contemplated my life. <laughs> taking a nice little. I think Jigsaw had some bubble bath in there. Um, yeah, there had to be at least something. Yeah, at least. No, dude. I, I, 
I, I, I think <laughs> I think so I would hard. honestly I would have to beat my foot off because I don't know about sawing it, but Jesus fuck, dude. Yeah, that would. <laughs> we it's start lose, off lose. with. It's, oh yeah, it's a lose lose regardless. But we get right into brutality because the next thing that Eric does is he sees the uh, shattered chunk of toilet lid, the lid from the top of the cistern there that Adam used to bludgeon Zep to death, and he's like, well. This is a better option. And this man starts hammering at his ankle uh, with the top of this toilet lid. And he he shatters his ankle. He breaks the fuck out of his foot. And then while it's all mangled and crushed, <laughs> this man then grabs the top of his foot mm. and then like posts up on his shin, grabs his leg, and snaps that motherfucker. Oh, give uh, him the Hogan treatment. Pulled. Love it. <laughs> oh, gross. And he pulls that that sloughed, broken foot out of the manacle. And that is where we start our movie. So Eric has escaped. So that's that's a pretty that's a pretty interesting start. This is vengeance, okay? The beginning of the second film was definitely uh Tim Tim has to not turn off the film kind of scene. And I think yeah. the first scene of uh part three was for Cullen. See if Colin can make it. Dude. Yeah. This it's like if if you weren't grossed out by the gore factor of the two previous movies, especially two, three is it's ready to punch you in the face. It's like we're going if this is if this is it, if we're going out, we're going out swinging. And this movie decks you in the jaw with There's a lot of swinging. There's a hell of a lot of swinging. <laughs> There's a lot of swinging. Because we go right from that to the aftermath of yet another game um, where we see Troy in the classroom trap, which uh, this game involved chains. And Colin, I think this is the scene, not the bathroom scene with Eric. I think this is the scene that you were referring to yeah. being the opening scene that you saw, correct? Yep. I, I, I mean, yeah. I saw it back in like uh, 2011, so I, I didn't realize yeah. how far I had gotten, but th this 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 did it for me to make it. I remembered it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I remember now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah the uh, so the, I guess the so the concept of the trap is that Troy has several chains from either the ceiling or the walls or the floor. Uh, they're attached, bolted into the floor. And the other ends of the chain are piercing his flesh. They're through his skin. And there's a nail bomb in the room. And he has, I think, two minutes or whatever the time is to rip himself free of the pierced chains and leave the room. Um, and he has to, do, again, do all of this before the nail bomb goes off and just shreds him, right? There's a couple of problems I had with this trap. Um, Same. To, yeah, I, I know the the... So, Colin, I know you had a problem with the skin stretching, right? <laughs> yeah, but I did, there, there's a couple other technicalities that I had an issue with, too. Yeah, so that stuff is – the skin stretching part is gross because it's very visceral, and it, it really makes you cringe, right? Mm. Uh, but the thing that bothered me the most was that two of these chains were connected through – Troy's Achilles tendon. This you. is what I was about to get into. Thank yep. you. Yep. Yeah. And he kicks them out with little to no issue. Right. Uh, which 
and it's still standing. No, you collapse, yeah, he, dude. You can't does not collapse at all. No, he needs to collapse. When that yeah. happens, that happens when you do that shit. Right. So the only thing I can possibly think of is, well, maybe it wasn't all the, maybe it wasn't a full circle. Maybe it was like in the sides or something. No, but not, it didn't look that way. They made it look like it was like an inch in. And uh, for the audience, right, yeah. please feel the back of your foot and tell me where you could find an inch that isn't interlocking your Achilles tendon. It's not possible. Right. It's it's right. Yeah, it's all there. And this man stays standing and just kicks the chains out. I didn't. I didn't really understand. Which is that. not physically possible. You can't say adrenaline or anything. It's not physically possible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just. It's, yeah. I don't know, man. That was. That was that was difficult for me. That one kind of took me out of this trap. The other one that took me out of this trap, but was explained later in the movie, was the fact that Troy had another ring through his jaw. So. Yeah. It went like behind his bottom row of teeth, like in the palate under his tongue and came out like under his chin. So it was like through his mandible. And I sat there and I was like, well, let's say that he bossed his way through this and he ripped every single chain out, even the Achilles tendon ones. He, the, it's, it would be physically impossible to pull that, that chain out of your mouth. Right. Like you would have to do a significant amount of damage to your mandible. Right. You need a toilet. To... You need a toilet seat lid or a toilet lid. <laughs> right. <laughs> just to even get it, just to get it out. You right. know? So I, that one was like, I didn't understand that at first until we get a little, a little further on in the movie. Yeah, we find Amanda. out why, why this was pretty much impossible later. Yes. Yes. Also, um, I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think he had fair enough time in this trap right. at all. Right, that's another one. But that all goes <laughs> into what we find out later. But at the time, yeah, yeah, it did not feel like it was right. <laughs> right. The time was short. The chain in his jaw was impossible. And the first thing that we're immediately presented with is that the door was welded shut. And the SWAT team, also led by returning from SAW 2, SWAT Commander Rick, um, had to, they had to like cut the door down to get inside. Um, and this is where we get, uh, once again, Detective Allison Carey coming back again from the first two Saw films, who's now obviously the lead of the Jigsaw case. Mm. Actually, I wanted to point something out here because I didn't get the opportunity to point this out in uh, our Saw 2 commentary. Darren Bousman is a very creative director in terms of continuous shots. And we can actually see a lot more of this in uh, a couple weeks when we talk about Saw 4. But there is a scene in Saw 2. Uh, if you guys remember when Eric was picking up his phone, he thought it was Daniel, but it was like the chief. And he was calling him out to a crime scene. Eric is getting out of bed. He puts on his uh, jacket or his coat. And then it the scene shifts right to him walking up to Carrie in the hallway. Yeah, I made a note of that. I made a note of that yeah, never, yeah. for the last film. The transition was awesome. I really dig that. Yes. So that was a continuous shot. He literally walked from one set to the other. No shit. Fun. That's awesome. Yes. Hmm. So it was a continuous shot. And you'll notice as the camera followed the two of them down the hallway, it never pointed at that area that he came from. So it followed them down the hall, which is really cool. We get another similar shot like that here. So as they're examining Troy's body parts, um, 
with there's another CSI that's there with them uh, uh, guy. And they, you know, they're examining everything. They're talking about, you know, what happened to Troy. And then they focus on Carrie. And then they shift the camera to the, the burnt gore of what's left of Troy's body. As they're going through this gore, the actress that plays Carrie, she is going around the other end of the set. She is stripping her clothes off. She is getting onto the other set side where her like apartment bathroom is and she's getting in the water so when the camera pans back up you see her in the bathtub she made her way around in that one continuous shot to be there so also very impressive the timing there you can actually see if you go back and see it you can see the water still moving from her pulling her head up from underwater so very impressive well before we transition out of the scene um now it's something I was waiting for at the end, but we, it never came to anything. So I know that's like a spoiler alert, I guess. I thought this other detective or another CSI guy was super squirrely. Like, I thought he was in on something. Did anybody else get that the first time you watched it? He was acting uh, as Detective Riggs? Uh, no, 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 no. Not, not the, the SWAT commander. The other guy. Yeah. He was acting strange. I thought he was going to be something, and he's never in a film again. And there's just also... When you see him in the background, he's putting something in his coat pocket. And I thought he was taking evidence or something. I was like, I was convinced that this guy was a was had a bigger role. And I just there was nothing to it. But oh watch Tim, the scene. Tim, Tim. What? What? Nothing. I just I, I, I want I love you. And I want you to I want you to put a I want you to put a pin in this. Got it. Um so yeah, the other man in this the other man in this scene, he wasn't um he wasn't named in the movie, but he's, he's named in the credits. Um, he's actually named in the credits as uh, detective Hoffman. Um, he's named that way because one of the producers of the series, a guy by the name of Greg Hoffman, um, unfortunately passed away. Um, I believe in between saw two and saw three. Uh, so this movie was uh, dedicated to his memory. So they did name a character after him. Um, he was yeah. one of the three producers alongside um, Mark Berg and Oren Kulis. Who, by the way, Oren Coolis played Donnie, the question mark man in Amanda's Trap in the original Saw movie. Donnie. Uh, they were the three. They were the three. Uh, the producers of Twisted Pictures that got Saw made. So, uh, yeah, they dedicated this particular film to Greg Hoffman's life. And they named a character after him, which is cool. That's cool. I like that. Uh, boy about to be Jigsaw. You can't. But I think the. I think the. Uh, the. The most curious thing in that entire scene was how casual he was speaking. Um, he said all he had to do was, and he described how he had to go through the trap. And then it, Rig almost got like offended by that. And he was like, all he had to do. That that exchange always struck me as odd. Yeah. And uh, Tim, to your point, it does seem as though one of the one of the uh, like hooks, one of the chains that one of the pieces that was in Troy's body, like one of the rings, it did appear that he put one of those in his pocket. Okay. All right. Let's make so, sure I went crazy. And, and, and that crazy. ring also had a space in it too, like an inch space. Right. So that was that ring that he was looking at. That was what made me go back and think, well, maybe that was like what was in his, ankle maybe that's why he was able to kick him out so easy but i still couldn't 
I, I couldn't come to agreement with that with myself. I mean, I get that, but we shouldn't have to do that kind of work for that. It should have been, you know, don't even put it there. Put it in the Lagers. I don't know. We shouldn't be having to do yeah, that kind of work. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. I, I, it shouldn't have to have used that much brain power on that. I do agree with that. But so we transition out of this scene and we see Carrie who's at home and turns out Carrie is, she's, you know, pouring over the jigsaw stuff. Well, she gets pignapped in her apartment. Love it. Uh, and nice. Ends up in um, one of the more iconic traps in the series, um, uh, the, the angel's wings. So Carrie is in this trap that is hooked into her rib cage. She has to dip her hand into a beaker of acid to pull out this key to unlock the harness that would allow her to remove the connection that she has into the trap and get out. Uh, she has to do this before the acid burns through the key. While Carrie was successful in doing this and unlocked the harness, the harness didn't matter because this shit that was hooked into her ribs wouldn't budge. She couldn't get out. And in that scenario, she should have won. So now we look back at the door being welded shut with Troy. Even if he got out, he couldn't escape the classroom because the door was welded shut. And because the door was welded shut, when that nail bomb went off, he had no cover. He was donezo. So now it's kind of curious because both of these games are not... They're, so they're executions. They're straight up murders as opposed to these tests that John thinks that he's putting these chosen subjects through. So right away, both of these are very strange. So I have a note. I have a notes real quick. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the scene where uh, she gets pignapped, which that's a great term. We're going to have to keep using that. Um, <laughs> when the, First of all, the transition when she's watching TV to seeing herself, again, audiovisual, just wizardry. Again, that's incredible. <laughs> right. Um, but when she shoots into the closet first, I was I had yeah. to stop myself from loudly applauding. Yeah. Because yeah. you've never <laughs> seen that kind of you know, who wouldn't shoot first? You right. know, uh, yeah, for sure. And that made for me sure. really I like her. Tried. I already liked her a little bit, but I really liked her after that. And then they immediately do her dirty. And I have more on that <laughs> at the end of the film. Dirty. I have more on that on the end of the film. I'll get to it. Yeah, but I really was disappointed. Uh, not by necessarily the the trap, not you know, her not being able to get out of the trap, but the fact that she was off the board that quickly. So yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. she still had a she still had a bra on in, in the trap too. I was pretty upset about that. <laughs> Colin, you had similar thoughts, I guess. Yeah, uh, I was. Yeah, no, I was super stoked about the shooting into the closet. I'm. I hate the fact that like the uh, uh, the pignapping is so OP that you cannot escape it no matter what. Like all of a sudden, everyone <laughs> just loses any sense of uh, any sense of coordination or really just sense of urgency uh, when 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 Pig <laughs> is around. Um, and I was pretty blown because she yeah like she the dynamic between her and Eric. I, I thought there was something there and I was like, okay, I, I would like to see them meet up later in the movie. And then they crushed that very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, I think that the mindset here, because again, we're going into Saw 3 with Lee Winnell like, yeah, all right, this is the end of the line. So he comes into this movie with the mindset of just fucking kill everybody. Yeah. Just kill, kill them all. I get so that. There's and like, again, we got. I'll touch on the end, but I get that completely. And I think there's another way to do it. Yes. Anyway. There is very much a no strings attached, balls to the wall kind of feeling here of anything can happen. So we we get the sort of the the police part of this out of the way uh, relatively quickly because we then move on into what is going to be our main game uh, of the movie. So there is a doctor. Uh, her name is Lynn. She is having uh, marital troubles uh, and she's really kind of disassociated at work and having problems. Uh, looks like she might be popping some pills, you know, some self-medicating type shit. Some Grey's Anatomy well, bullshit. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, some, some Grey's Anatomy bullshit. Uh, she is also kidnapped. And we, we start to see now, it, it, it becomes apparent, especially as we go a little further in this movie, uh, we start to see that it, it appears that Amanda is pighead. So Jigsaw's um, need of of kidnapping folks, it looks like Amanda is the one that he is having do all of this. Uh, and we get further confirmation of that later in the movie as well. Uh, but Lynn is brought in, and uh, in, in, so it's this big warehouse. And Lynn is brought into this room that has been very crudely redone as like a hospital room. And there we see John Kramer. Before we, get going this, from... before we get going on this, you missed something. Yeah. When she's introduced, she's in bed with someone. And as yes, she's leaving, yes. uh, I think she asked, asked the man, what do you want? And he says a divorce. And that's what gets her... Yep. And that's how she starts off. I just say it because it's going to be important later. Yes, that is that is true. She these marital troubles that she is having is expressed in that way because uh, the man in bed with her is like, "Look, I, I just I, he I forgot what he says something about a connection or something." Right. And then she goes, "What do you want from me, Chris?" And he says, "A divorce." And she rolls her eyes and leaves. Um, and she is again kidnapped very shortly after this. Okay. Now we go back to the hospital room. So, yes, yes, certainly. So. John, uh, fully recovered from his Eric Matthews ass whooping. Um, I, there's no scars or anything on him. So I don't know how long this has been since the conclusion of Saw 2. I mean, Amanda, long enough for him. Amanda's hair is long, too. So th this yes, has to be yeah, been at least a year, six months to a year. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say six months, yeah, uh, probably that, minimum here. Yeah, that's the, that's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, okay, yeah. This is a while after. Yeah, there's definitely, again, another time jump here. So I think we said roughly six to eight months between one and two. Mm -hmm. I think we can also say about six to eight months between two and three as well. Yeah. Yeah. So now Lynn is faced with her game. Um, John is very rapidly declining. His condition is rapidly declining. Um, and he is in need of care. Uh, but he knows for a fact that he doesn't have long. So Lynn gets strapped up with this uh, device called a shotgun collar. Um, it is a collar that is surrounded uh, on all sides with shotgun shells and is hooked up to John Kramer's EKG machine. Oh, if he flatlines, it'll Kramer. activate the collar. Yes. His last name is Kramer. It is. Okay. 
obvious it's obviously a Seinfeld reference. It is obvious. Yes, it is very much so. obviously as Ron the Angry Record Store Man. It was a very, very uh, memorable scene with Kramer and Newman that had to be yes. had to be a reference. Sorry, <laughs> it is. To, sorry, I'm a big Seinfeld <laughs> fan. Had to cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right. He did not get a last name until Saw Two, and I don't know who came up with it. I don't know if it was Tobin Bell himself or if it was Darren Bowsman, but someone wanted to reference. Seinfeld in that way so they made him John Kramer yes so and points to them whoever that whoever that was I'm not sure who it was but major points so if John flatlines it sets off the collar and blows off Lynn's head Uh, so her goal is to keep John alive long enough for a completely different victim to survive the test that they're putting him through uh, and at which point, if that is the case, then she'll be unlocked from the collar and released. Now, this guy, his name is Jeff. This is not the same Jeff that was in the uh, the drill chair in the first movie that Tap and Sing come across. It is not him. But because he had the name Jeff, I originally thought it was him uh, when I was first seeing the movie. But then I realized it's obviously not the same guy. Um, but yeah, it's a whatever, different Jeff. And... Jeff has been, uh, I guess, drowning in psychosis and depression ever since uh, the the unfortunate accidental death of his son. Um, now, I like the theme of Jeff's test because Jeff's test is jury, judge, and executioner in both a metaphorical and literal sense. Um, uh, and this that's the kind of stuff that I like in the Saw series. The theming, if not just the theming, the actual game itself is somehow related to the whatever the, the malady is that John has targeted in these people. So I like the idea of the the jury judge and executioner trap. That's very cool. So um, this actor, Angus McFadden. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. He was, uh, Angus Mc- for, the, for, the, for the audience, that was he was Robert the Bruce in Braveheart. He was also yes. he was also Robert the Bruce in the film Robert the Bruce. Um, he's a guy I can't I can't make heads or tails of whether he's a good actor or a bad actor. There's sometimes where it's like he's got me, and other times it seems goofy as hell. And the goof and I think he's really goofy when he's not Scottish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's he trying to hide weird him. when he's not Scottish, and it just yes. Uh, I mean, we'll probably get into it as we go along, but I just he was taking me out of it. He was taking me out of it. Not gonna lie. He was definitely yeah, picking me he's out. He's a very, very thick Scottish accented man. I mean, listen, I mean, so his name as, is Angus McFadden. <laughs> yes. As he's trying to hide that <laughs> accent, you can hear it bleed out. Of course. In the in the film throughout the throughout the course of the movie. Um I'm gonna run through Jeff's uh trials here all at once. And I I want to preface this by saying the last couple of episodes, Tim has said. But what if they're dumb? Jeff, not dumb. Jeff's smart, actually. He, he seems to keep his wits about him throughout the majority of his trials. Jeff, however, slow. Super slow. Yes. Hey, hey, my God. So Dude, the amount of pacing in, in, in these trials, I'm like, dude, go. 
So much consternation. Right. So much consternation. Like, dude, do something. something please. Like, just do it. It's fucking slow-ass Jeff. And this has actually become... A, there's a meme in the Saw community of slow-ass Jeff. Because he does not make any fucking choices until he's like, ah, he's almost dead. I'll do it. Well, if we're talking about like, this now, I'm going to go ahead and weigh in. Um, yes, please. I did not like this, like any of this um, at all. Like his whole thing, I was just out of it. I was more into what we'll get into later, more into um, John and Amanda's whole thing, way more into that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I don't know if you guys have ever read uh, the Song of Ice and Fire books or the, what's game of thrones is based on but uh mm-hmm. there's a kind of meme amongst uh people who read that it's called the zanza chapters and that is when you're so you're watching something or you're reading something and the next chapter is something you don't want to read but you know you have to to get through it and that's how i felt yeah every time they went back to him it was like a zanza chapter and i was just like, all right i guess i gotta get through it before i can get to my good Tyrion bullshit with uh john and uh amanda and yeah, yeah, I right. did not like that at all. I felt like I was watching two different movies in a way. I mean, not two different movies, but it was two different lines. I didn't like it, honestly. Gotcha. Yeah, disjointed sort of. Would it, yeah. So even like the the concept of jury, judge, and executioner, I, actually I, do, I personally like that. I really did do like not? the concept. I just didn't think it was done very well. I think um, I well, it might be partly okay. slow-ass Jeff's fault. It might be partly <laughs> um, the kind of how odd those traps were um the the ice one i'm still not 100 sure what was being sprayed all over her i third first thought it was just water but then it was like slimy so i didn't know if it was like um some kind of um what do you call it stuff i'm glad you brought it up because we're going to touch on that okay good and well yeah. we're going to get to the pig one too i have some comments about that we can wait if we're, if we're doing that yeah yeah we're yeah we're going to go one by one Come okay on, what did you think like i guess a bird's eye view of jeff's trials did you like it dislike it like what was your take on it i liked it uh you know i i, I don't really have too many thoughts on it but because I, I i just don't <laughs> but i'm like well yeah you don't have yeah i mean I, there's not a, like a, a broader spectrum of it like i, I enjoy like i uh i you told me about the the, the uh judge executioner and uh jury uh thing beforehand yeah. so i was like kind of mad at you for that um <laughs> no, not, not, really. not really. Um, but I was like, okay, I, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I the thing like we all agree on slow ass Jeff, and that was the one thing that I'm like, oh, come on, like so. Right. Other than that, dude, I I thought it was I thought it was kind of a cool concept. I Jeff agree that it was a cool concept. Forever. I don't think it was executed very well. Yeah, he took forever to take any action whatsoever but every time too that was the and yeah he didn't even learn to move quicker right he just he kept being like a sourpuss the whole time but he was kind of he was kind of trapped in in uh in this stasis uh from the beginning of the movie like you can tell like you see him pointing the gun actually that was probably my favorite uh scene right there or, or direction Whenever he's pointing the gun at the uh, the mirror, and then it, it oh, fades yeah. back, and then it, and, and then it shows him really like in standing in the room. That was pretty cool. But like he he's been trapped in this mindset of like just getting revenge. So like for however long his son has been 
dead. He's been in, trapped in this. So like that was his own trap. And he was kind of stuck in that while these things are finally happening that he's wanted to happen all along. So, I mean, he, you know, he, he was still trapped. Yeah. In. Yeah. Exactly. It's, you know, he, he lets his life kind of spiral down the toilet, no pun intended. Um, and he his, he's neglecting his daughter who only wants his attention and he's not able to give that to her. And it's all, you know, he just, he's consumed completely by revenge on all the people that were involved and all the people that he saw as people that he could, he could blame for this. And, you know, Jigsaw did his Jigsaw thing and was like, all right, well, you want revenge? I'm going to give it to you, but you have to, you have to learn how to, how to, how to chill out, how to back away from vengeance, how to let go and sort of give the gift of life to people. Right. Um, and that's, that's where we, that's where we find ourselves in these trials. So Jeff's, first test is his jury test. Uh, so it's this woman named Danica. She is uh, literally strung up nude in a meat locker. And the whole thing about her is she was the only witness to seeing Jeff's son be hit by this drunk driver and killed on his, on his bicycle. Um, she panicked and drove away. So instead of calling the police or uh, you know, like corroborating Jeff's story or, you know, doing something to be a good Samaritan and lend a hand, uh, she refused and just kind of drove away in fear, even though they made direct eye contact, right? So she is being sprayed with, yes, Tim, just cold water in this meat locker as she is slowly being frozen. What Jeff has to do is grab a key behind these frozen bars uh, which, you know, can, uh, if you ever put your tongue or a warm skin on a frigid piece of metal, that's a dangerous, not very good thing. So Jeff had to put himself through that to grab the key to unlock her cuffs, the chains <laughs> that were holding her in place. So takes Jeff a million years to finally do this. But he does it. Uh, <laughs> and Tim, you said slimy. Um, the problem that I had most about this is he's, he's looking at her. She's got ice on her as she's like, you know, freezing and, and trembling. Then he turns away, goes to grab the key. He turns back. And I don't know if Sub-Zero snuck in the room and fatality. <laughs> this oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But she's encased in a tomb of ice. And I was so baffled. I was so baffled by it. Didn't she like her face like crack or something too? Yeah, he goes and touches her face and then it cracks. That's and not I, how, and I, I was that's not how any of us there's works. no there's no amount of cold water in that temperature that would do that to your body. <laughs> I mean, maybe after a long, long time. And she'd be oh, long yeah, dead. Long dead. Um because your just body has to just drop to a certain temperature, and I mean you're done. So right, right. Way before you actually become an icicle. So yeah, that was very. Uh, there, something was slimy though. I was. That's why I thought it was just. That's why I was like kind of confused. Like a gelatin or something. Huh? Yeah, like it was like something. Maybe it was some kind of chemical thing that made it get colder quicker. I don't know. Like magic ice gel or something. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know, man. Was, but it was. Uh, I had a problem. I had a problem. I, well, I had a problem with all the tracks. All his tracks. I had a problem with all of them. So. That's one right there. 
Strike one. (laughs) Strike one. Yeah, strike one. Uh, But slow-ass Jeff finally makes it out of the fucking room. Um, And what Jeff is discovering in between rooms, uh, Jigsaw is actually having him build a gun, which I thought was interesting. Uh, He gives him the gun and the clip and the bullet. And, you know, like he's having him piece together a gun. Each piece comes with a note as well as a picture of his family uh, as, you know, the picture is torn up. Um, This also becomes important later. But Jeff makes it to his next room. And this is his judge trial, where it is literally the judge from the case that presided over the young man that uh, was the drunk driver that that the hit and run happened, killed his son um, and gave him, you know, a, a sentence that Jeff wasn't happy with. Some technicality got him off. Yada, yada, yada. So this one, uh, at this point, I think we can assume because there's a meat locker and there's whatever this industrialized room is, we can assume that this was some sort of meat processing facility, a meat packing plant at some sort, uh, at at one point of time. Because the judge is is chained (laughs) by his neck to the bottom of an empty vat. Um, I don't know what process this would be in a meatpacking plant. Uh, Jigsaw modified it. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Um, As these rotten pig carcasses, obviously a long-abandoned meatpacking plant, are dropped into what is essentially a wood chipper, a giant wood chipper, that then blasts this putrid, liquefied, blended pig carcass (laughs) into the vat. So it will ultimately drown the judge in in juicy pig guts. So this was the cocaine trap. <laughs> this was when the guys are hanging around in someone's bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. And they said, yeah. you know what would be gross? You know what would make people yeah. sick? You know what would probably make no goddamn sense, but we cool anyway? Let's drown <laughs> someone in, in long, long past their time pig guts that'll do it <laughs> yeah oh i hated this so much but first real quick before that um so yes. when uh john was kind of give, kind of talking about the game um about him facing the man who killed his son i was convinced it was yeah. going to be him i thought it was going to be pre-cancer john had killed him and this was going to well, be dude, his dude. way it's like his way of making amends in a way in his sick way and also giving giving him slow ass jeff an opportunity to kill him. And that would be the way he kind of exits. I really thought that's where it was going. I thought it was going to be nice and poetic and beautiful. And then they do this. Then they go, no, pig guts, uh, some other guy. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just, they, they swerve. Me right it's, I did not like it. You, I'm glad that you actually had that thought there because it, he never, in all of his tapes, and again, we'll, we'll get to this shortly. In all of his tapes to Jeff, John always said the person responsible for the loss of your child. Right. He never said the word death and he never said the word son. He said loss of your child. Uh, And the interesting thing about that is you were dead on with your assessment. Uh, It just wasn't quite the way that you thought, but I like that your brain is starting to catch on to the, the jigsaw double talks. Oh, it was Mephisto confirmed. 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done, well done, well done. Uh, so, in order to get the key to save the judge from this goopy pig vat, uh, he has to burn or incinerate his son's remaining belongings. Um, I thought that was pretty emotionally heavy, and I thought that that was a good representation of doing this to let go. I, I, I liked that. Yeah. Um, but man. Pig shit was gross and too long, uh, way too long. Yeah, very, long, <laughs> yeah. very long. Scene. But but I mean, thanks, Slow. Please, Jeff, take your time. Slash Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Go, ahead. Come Go on, please Slash take Jeff. Your, look all the time you need, buddy. All the time. It's not like there's a timer ticking or anything. Just do do you. Right. Like half your, half the Come audience on. is about to vomit either. You know, it's it's get on, it's move on. Yeah, right. Do yeah, do your thing. You're cool. Well, slow ass Jeff finally makes a decision, burns the toys, gets the key, and then literally goes back in the vat. It's just the judge's nose oh, and, like, his upper lip. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, fuck. So it could not have been later. <laughs> and Jeff, as the final carcass was dropping, the final dump of goop that would have eventually drowned the judge, it, he, he unlocks this man at that exact moment. And pulls him out. So, oh. do you know what that stuff was, Brett? I know you you have a lot of in, you know information. Do you know what that was supposed? To, what that actually was? Yeah. So uh, all of the the guts and the organs that you see in there were obviously all rubberized, but it was some sort of gelatin like mixture, and it was warm. Oh. Um, and uh, Angus, they actually said this on the director's commentary. Uh, the actor that plays Jeff, Angus McFadden, uh, he hated it he thought he hated that entire sequence and he knew that he had to get like knee deep in that shit to uh like unlock the judge and he's like when i'm in that vat don't don't pour the shit in there and they were like yeah no no problem no problem oh yeah i know where this goes so he, he gets in and as soon as he unlocks him darren bowsman the director's like hit it hit it go do it uh, and he pours that shit in in that scene, you see Jeff turn away from the camera. Like, you see his back as he's pulling the judge out. Because as soon as he yelled cut, he threw a fucking shit fit <laughs> off camera. Fuck <laughs> yes. So, he was like, in his thick Scottish accent, he's like, I fucking told you not to do that. <laughs> that sounds like a pissed Shrek. Sorry, Angus. The button was stuck. Sorry, man. My bad. <laughs> I, man, look, I the lever. I was trying to get. I'm sorry. It's the prop guy's fault. <laughs> it, it it was nothing but just rubber intestines and animals. <laughs> yeah, it was Dan, it was animals yogurt, A little brown gravy mix uh, for uh, texture. So yeah, the McCormick gravy mix exactly. that you get. That's all it was. Uh, but but now. Jeff has a partner as he's going to his third and final test, the executioner test, um, which this particular trap is one of the most famous in the entire series. Uh, the the rack. Oh, the rack. Uh, oh, yeah. This is to me. This is when uh, Saul. This is. I, I mean, I'm 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 sure it's going to continue, but I think this is where they crossed the line to torture porn. Was this one? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It went from yeah. it went from these kind of psychological makes you think kind of stuff and with their, their kind of Rube Goldberg devices to just torture porn. 
I mean, it was just done the way it was done. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to get out of it. And just having slow ass Jeff stare at him while this guy who I, it's the only person I felt sympathy for in the film was this guy. Okay. And maybe it's credit to the actor or whatever, but that's the only guy I felt sympathy for. And as soon as I'm like, they're just going to slowly kill him. And uh, we're going to move on. I just knew it. And it just was aggravating. It's frustrating. And I'm not really into torture porn. You know, I mean, I know there's a fine line with this stuff, but uh, yeah. I, I don't cross that line, you know? Right. And I, I think you you really you really nailed it there. Um, I understand to an extent of Saw going like, you know, big and bad and over the top for what they thought at the time was their final film. But when you decide to pick the, that ball up and continue to run with it, now you've gotten yourself to a point where, well, we did this in the previous movie, so now we got to go bigger. We got to go better. We got to go more blood, more insanity, more ridiculous. And then that pattern of constantly trying to one-up yourself with the depravity, it then becomes like, all right, now we're we're crossing lines where it's no longer about – uh, you know, Rube Goldberg does the Spanish Inquisition, Correct. you know, it's not about that anymore. Um, and it's not about the psychology of who John Kramer is, why he does what he does as Jigsaw. That stuff starts to kind of fade a little bit as it becomes more like, how can we chainsaw somebody apart even cooler this year? Right. And if they would explain that, the, um, well, the line that was really the indictment was when John says it's his favorite. Uh, yeah, really I, I, I wanted to comment on that. I love how he's like in the tape. This is one of my personal favorites. <laughs> <laughs> if they would have said that that was an Amanda thing, that makes more sense. Uh, that that was an Amanda kind of idea, as we'll see later. Um, but John yeah. says it was one of his favorites. It's like that doesn't that doesn't make any goddamn sense. That's nothing like his. Stuff, yeah, usually. The- the uh, I guess the subtle excuse uh, for I guess maybe John saying that was in Saw Two and in this film in his lair that was at Wilson Steel and in this meatpacking plant in his makeshift hospital room. The God, it's I'm I'm gonna kick myself because I don't remember the name of it, but uh, the man it's it's the it's that old drawing from like the 17th century or whatever of a man with his limbs out and like uh oh man i'm going to have to you know what i have to look it up yeah yeah, yeah. Where, where like uh his arms are at different angles and and everything like that yeah it, so it looks like he's doing a jumping jack on on paper correct yeah. that picture, oh so you oh you talk about like the da vinci yes uh, Yes, yes, like the yeah. Da Vinci, it's like uh, the some man or human. I can't remember now. Perfect man, perfect man. Is that it? The Vitruvian Vitru- man. Yes. That's it. Yes. Oh. yes, yes, that's it. The Vitruvian man. That old Da Vinci drawing yes. is on the wall in John's lair and in this movie. Um, the rack is supposed to represent the Vitruvian man, um, because a lot of people thought that it was religious iconography because it was. Uh, Timothy was the guy's name is Timothy on the cross and Jeff kneels at him when he dies at the end. Um, but because his legs are separated and not together uh, you get the double entendre there of the religious reference but really it's the Vitruvian man splayed out he's also nailed through he's so nailed through his hands and feet too 
Right. Yeah. So there, you're you're getting the double entendre there of the Christ allegory and the Vitruvian Man. So uh, I, I get the imagery, what they were going with. I think that's probably why John would have said something like that. Uh, but again, to your point, Tim, it's it's a lot more uh, torturous. Uh, I mean, you know, John's there's no way around it. John's a serial killer. I mean, yeah. he's all the questions are answered now. Yeah, he's just a killer. <laughs> I think the yeah, it's just I mean, it is what, what would solidify I mean, him just, being a dick for me was uh we passed it up already, but uh when when he finds Billy in the hallway stationed just like how his son was hit by the car, oh, I did. oh yeah, on, bro. that was brutal. Holy yeah. shit! What an asshole! Fucking dick! Yeah. What a dick! Yeah, that's <laughs> what a dick, John. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Brad. Um, no, no, no. You, I, that is exactly what you guys should be doing. Fuck you. Cut um, you off. No, okay. But yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's where uh, – so we're in this room, and the, to get the key to unlock uh, or to turn off the machine, because you can't unlock him because he's literally fucking screwed in there, uh, the key to at least unlock the piece around his head and turn the machine off is attached to the trigger of a shotgun. So Jeff would have had to pull the key, which pulls the trigger, which would shoot Jeff. Uh, pretty seriously wound Jeff um, in order to, you know, unlock theoretically. it. But Jeff, he's like, theoretically. Ah. theoretically. He's like, okay, if I untie this fucking thing, then I can pull it away and maybe not activate the thing. So Jeff's trying to be smart. And then, dumb judge walks right into the line. <laughs> and gets the whole side of his face blown. Maybe the funniest part of the Saw series so far. Maybe the funniest scene. <laughs> yeah. He just goes, he gets Dick like Cheney'd a... right there. It was amazing. <laughs> just right, right there. Just a full Cheney to the face. Jeez. What an idiot. Full Cheney. Yeah. He got the full Cheney. I love it. <laughs> full Cheney. I'm, I'm, I'm changing my Instagram name to full Cheney. <laughs> the full Cheney. <laughs> uh, make sure to follow Colin on Instagram at full Cheney. <laughs> the capital the full Cheney. Oh, fuck. It's taken. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I haven't tried. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Well, so whatever. Did dumb, dumb Jeff, and he doesn't save anybody. And now Jeff, again, he's been collecting this gun. He's been putting this gun together, getting the pieces of these uh, this torn family picture together. And Jeff is making his way to what'll be the final test for him. So we're gonna pause there, and we're gonna pull back. Now we're going to talk about the John and Amanda story here with Lynn. So the the beautiful thing about this is this sort of father-daughter type story that we get with John and Amanda. Um, I, I think you can kind of see here that John legitimately cares for Amanda in that way. And Amanda legitimately cares for John like they've, they're both very lost, broken people that have sort of found something in each other to prop up. Uh, and there's this, uh, it's very uncomfortable, but there's really almost a, a, a beauty to it in a way. Um, I, I want to get your guys thoughts on how the John and Amanda relationship comes across to, to you guys. Good. Colin. Colin, what do you, I mean, it's, a father daughter thing. And I'm like, they, uh, it, 
you know, I'm I'm just glad Jigsaw had someone there for him, you know. King shit, king shit only. <laughs> only king shit. Uh, yeah, the relationship. Hashtag girl boss. I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> girl pig. Um, uh, that's probably that's probably misogynist by accident. It's okay. Um, demonetized. Yeah, it's, it's the, the relationship <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Uh, the relationship is a really interesting one. It's not, they're not lovers. It's not a, it's, it's, it's a, it is a student teacher thing, but it's deeper well, than that. It's like, sorry. Go. No, no, go ahead. Well, go ahead. it's uh it's obvious without even going into, without even actually explaining it, it's obvious that uh, Amanda um, needs someone in her life. Like has obviously had problems, yeah. uh, a, a screwed up um, childhood and adulthood and, really had no one she can count on and it's, and no one that believed in her. And when someone believed in her, she was in, I mean, she was in, I mean, you look at the stuff she does, she's in. And for him, yeah. he was also looking for some kind of replacement. I mean, this is from the information I know. So there could be more information later in another film that's going to yeah. upset everything I'm saying, but it's obvious. Of course, they show flashbacks to him and his lover it could be a wife. I don't know. Um, that, and I don't know if he had children or not. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, whatever it is. He had a, he had a hole. And she filled that hole. Um, all jokes, all jokes, please throw them at me. Um, but yeah, there yeah. was definitely a, a connection there. And it was super interesting to see these two people that are so, so off their rocker, but still find a connection yeah, deeply in, 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 yeah. in the muck. You know what I mean? In, in the void, yeah. they find each other. And I think that's beautiful. And I think it was, uh, so, I mean, at the end, of course, it's, you know, without spoiling anything, it's definitely, um, touched on or not touched on it becomes a centerpiece but i think that still was underserved because of the they're fitting in this um obstacle course for slow ass jeff um and yes. I, have, I have more thoughts at the end on on that thing again again it's coming but um i was that's why i thought that was the Tyrion chapters to go back to my other analogy the good chapters yeah was the yeah. amanda john stuff i love that stuff I, that that could have been the whole movie and i'd have been in um, so I was really, I really right. liked it. And I was looking forward to it because you actually talked about in the last episode how it was going to be a lot more of it and it was going to be a longer film. I thought we we're going to go much deeper or at least stay there longer than we did. But. I don't, yeah. I don't know about that, you, yeah, but that, uh, touched on filled holes really has me coming. Oh, yeah. oh I'm going that, baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what? Fully aroused. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's very it's it's very beautiful and I know beautiful is a weird weird word to use, but their relationship seemed to be very deep in a very brief period of time. I mean, she became his caretaker at at the same time that he became her like life coach <laughs> in a very twisted sense. Uh but yeah, they needed they really needed each other. Um and they're they've got Lynn in this captive state uh, who has to take care of John and she realizes that, you know, she needs to do something drastic. She can't really do it from here. She needs like, she needs to be in a hospital, but Amanda obviously refusing to let that happen needs like demands from her. Like, I got to know what you need. I'm going to bring it here for you. Um, and that, that is when uh, Lynn decides that she is going to perform a backdoor brain surgery on which John. means through the app to through his ass up his ass to his brain 
Um, no, it's, uh, cutting out a piece of his skull to relieve the swelling on his brain that the tumor is causing. Um, I know for a fact that this was Cullen's favorite scene. Dude. <laughs> I want you to talk me through your emotion, like your, the roller coaster that you went on watching this semi-medically accurate <laughs> uh, brain surgery. I, uh, dude, I, when, whenever I, he, like, hearing hearing the word blood makes makes me kind of queasy, like, queasy, like, I, my hands blood. get weak. Blood. And, but blood I can sure. see it typically and blood. be fine. Blood. Um, and I'm, I'm okay <laughs> right now, but, uh, this scene, uh, the fucking uh the, the thud that the screw makes against his skull oh that noise dude that yeah, was oh my god i i couldn't oh yeah you you feel that in your spine yeah huh? yeah the, and the most the, easily the most gruesome scene to me and it happened to jigsaw yeah i thought that was pretty poignant as well um so I, so let's shout out the the sound department there. Yeah. Those, oh, it was yeah. so. Oh it was, man, it was so great the way that, it was the sound. I mean, of course, seeing it is one thing, but that sound on that skull and the. I mean, that was yes, just, that was the, the knock, amazing. The whir of the drill, like the close up shots mm. of the drill bit going to the skull, where you see the tape around the drill bit, so she knew how deep to drill. Like the, the, it was a lot of care that was taken. Mm -hmm. um, and you see as it, as it drills in sort of the spiral, like the pencil shavings mm -hmm. that spin away, yeah. you know? And that was so uh, well done. And it was still bleeding too from yeah. the, oh my God. Yeah. And the pulsing. Yeah. yeah. The, the scene that really got me to shiver was um, when she had cut it open before she starts on the skull. Uh, she, that big like baster of alcohol where she like cleans the area and she's yeah she's squirts all that alcohol that uh pure alcohol in there and john's eyes roll in the back of his head oh boy that was that was something else but she cuts out this piece and she cuts the membrane and like it's john's like you know the swelling is relieved and then it seems like it's been a successful surgery then John, he seized before, but now he's starting to code. Um, and John starts to have these flashes of a woman in the park. Uh, you both read Saw Rebirth, the comic book, which if anybody's listening to this, it was a one-shot little graphic novel comic. It's obviously no longer in print because a lot of it was retconned in a way, but that's beside the point. Um, if you can, uh, can Google it, uh, you might be able to find scans of the actual comic itself, but Lionsgate put together a motion comic. Um, it was like a seven minute YouTube video. Once again, also long deleted, but uh, some fans have saved it to their personal YouTube. So you could probably scrounge around and find it. Um, she was in that comic. So the scene uh, in the comic where he's talking about not being able to provide a commitment and losing the person. Yes. Else, I remember that. Man. Uh, that was her. Um, and we know uh, based on not only the credits in this movie, but also because John is staring longingly 
at a pink mug that says Jill uh, in that comic. He that's her name. That is Jill. We'll, Whether we'll come to find out his his former wife. Uh, it's you know the the love that he lost. Um, and we don't exactly know how they separated. It could, we, but all we know is that in the comic we see her want a commitment and she leaves. So she leaves him. We don't know what the trigger was exactly, but I don't really think it matters because all we know is that they're lost. They obviously they uh, John needed her um, and was remembering a good time with her. Um, very very brief, but the. If you go back and watch that scene of John remembering this time, like with her in the park, there's another person that's like walking on the path next to them. That was Abby from Saltoon. Oh, uh, yeah, just just a little, just a little sly little cameo. Okay, sick. Um, but they, you know, it 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 comes back to john in the hospital room the makeshift hospital room and he's seeing this vision of jill and he's caressing lynn's arm and says i love you mm. now he's not talking to lynn obviously he's seeing in his in his vision he's seeing jill but amanda hears this and it sends her into a not good place now do you guys remember in Saw 2, when Amanda said that she wasn't being very good to herself because she was cutting? Yes. Okay. She stopped, quote-unquote, she stopped cutting once she started, like, her thing with John. But she, uh, and, and that's not true. She was just hiding it from him. So she was still cutting herself. She was cutting herself on the thighs so John wasn't able to see them. This is another further confirmation that they didn't have any sort of sexual relationship. And it's very common for cutters to do that, too. Yes, the, it's it, to, to hide that from any sort of outward attention. It is during this part, though, that she starts to remember a lot of the closeness that she had with John. And then, of course... My favorite scene in the movie comes mm -hmm. here. Revisiting not just the bathroom, but setting up the Loved bathroom. it. Loved it. Feed me more. Give it to me. It was really, really Give me the cool. mundane details. Sorry. Yes. We get the Lee Winnell cameo here. We see Amanda toss the key in the tub. We see John pouring the fake blood, painting the X marks the spot, talking to Zepp through the, through the mirror. And saying, you know, uh, it's time to start our game. And he's touching up his prosthetics. We see Dr. Gordon unconscious in the background. Uh, we see him inject himself with muscle relaxers. Yep. And that's the kind of explanation that uh, Cullen wanted from the first time. 100% of audience yeah. rating. <laughs> <laughs> he smashed that like button. Um, and then this is where we get the uh, not only the swell of of the saw theme here, uh, but we also get sort of an elongated version during this scene. Um, and it's just, man, it was so good. Yeah, it was it was great to see the, this this setup. Love it. Love um, it. I I have a very fun fact about this scene as well. Um, 
Scary Movie 4 actually came out before Saw 3. And it had a whole scene in it because the aliens in that movie were based off of the Billy Puppet. And they had a whole scene in the bathroom. A couple of scenes in the bathroom, actually. So they built it, not exactly to scale from the bathroom that was in the other two films, but pretty close. Instead of rebuilding the bathroom a third time, the production staff bought the Saw bathroom from Scary Movie 4 and just touched it up to be more accurate to the bathroom as it appeared in the first two wow. movies. So they actually didn't rebuild it a third time. That is a a modified Scary Movie 4 set. No so shit. That, yeah, just another interesting. Uh, another. That's when that's when Shaq has to make the just, free throw to uh, to get it, to win the game. Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> with Doctor. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's that. It's that bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> they just touched Hell it. Yeah. But that was my favorite scene in the entire movie because you see Amanda's emotion. Um, her makeup is smeared. She was crying. This is where we also see that. She was the pighead that kidnapped Adam in the first film. Right. When he was flashing through his apartment, he's like, who's in there? <laughs> I, that was, I was so happy to see our Lord and Savior, the shitmaster again. I was so happy. The shitmaster. So happy to see him. In his final appearance. Stinking um, peace, buddy. And yeah, we see. <laughs> right. Now, that's, I'm glad you said that because we know in Saw 2, we saw Adam's corpse. We figured he was just left in there. That was not the case. As we find out, Amanda was remorseful for what happened. She knew that Adam had survived and she didn't want him to suffer. So she actually goes back and suffocates him with a sheet of plastic. And he doesn't even suffocate from the plastic because the dude hits his head on the toilet bowl, mm. busts his skull open, and Adam fucking drowns on his own blood. In a, a, a fucking saran wrap, basically. That's metal as fuck. Um, how awful. No way. <laughs> I just, damn. I, I did, definitely didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it, it showed a little more of the, I don't want to say humanity of Amanda, but it also was the first thing that showed me that Amanda doesn't really believe in what john is doing um she believes in him and she, like she follows his orders and stuff like that but it it, I, she, it was almost like a catharsis for her as opposed to like following a set of rules or or it, it's i don't really think amanda wanted to succeed john in the way that he wanted her to um she was Again, we find out she was the one who welded the door to the classroom shut so Troy couldn't get out. She was the one who built a trap that Detective Carey could not escape. Um, so you are also led to believe that, I mean, could, did she tamper with anything else? Was it Were any other traps or, or games unwinnable? It's, you know, she she was punishing people because it was again sort of cathartic for I her, thought it was and John wanted. Um, as you brought up at the beginning, it shows her 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 uh, journey in the beginning, not fully being on board. As you brought up with her going back right. to uh, give a, at least attempt a more humane death for the shipmaster. Um, 
But right. it seems like it's almost she becomes a zealot. She actually passes John. She's more. She becomes more of a, a more yeah. of a disciple of the cause than John, at least in her own mind. It seems like it's very much like um, yeah. this. Uh, for just to bring it to some current events, when any time this uh, the current pope would say anything that was kind of going past what other popes have said, you'd have people basically saying they're more Catholic than the pope. You see what I mean? Right. And I feel like right, she right. thinks she yes. was more, it seems like towards the end, she felt like she was more a disciple of the cause and more uh, true to the cause than John was in his weakened state. Right. Almost like this air of, you know, well, he's going to die anyway, and I'm going to be jigsaw. And I'm, I'm, yes, yeah, so I'm going to do it better than him. I'm gonna do it. Right. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. Um, and that's what actually leads us to the conclusion of the film. Because at the very beginning, when we meet Lynn, and Lynn is brought into the, the makeshift hospital room, um, John tells her, I want to play a game. And he's explaining to her, he's like, uh, you know, I, I want to test to, I want to test your will, your capability of seeing if you can keep someone alive. Can you grant someone the gift of life? Can you keep someone alive? You know, he, he's saying all of this. Um, well, keeping that in mind, uh, we go back to slow-ass Jeff, who has slowly made his way into the main area of the meat packing facility, um, which we kind of knew was in the same building as where they were. But he makes his way here, and this, this is, as he's coming in, this is when everything starts to break down. Amanda, who has not been kind with Lynn the entire film, is now actively ready to kill her. And John is trying to stop this whole thing from completely blowing up. And she pulls this gun that she's had the whole time. And she's, she's ready to shoot. Like, Amanda's broken. And this is when she's saying, you know, it's all bullshit. She doesn't believe in what John's doing. She finally breaks down and she was like, fix me. I'm standing right here. She still didn't feel fixed or helped or saved even after all of this stuff. So that just verbally and emotionally must have been a huge blow to John who thought that he was doing good in some weird warped way and that he saved this poor lost soul. And now she's like, no, all your shit is dumb. And that's, that had to be like a major blow to him. Well, in comes slow ass Jeff. And then Lynn realizes it's Jeff. And we have our first twist of this movie. Because, uh, Tim, as you brought up earlier in the movie, when she's leaving that uh, the bed with that gentleman, um, she says, what do you want from me, Chris? And he says, a divorce. What that meant in hindsight, now within this context, is Chris was Lynn's lover. They were Lynn was cheating on Jeff. Slow-ass Jeff is her she husband. Won. She was cheating on him with Chris. And Chris wanted Lynn to get a divorce from him so they could be together. Um, so that was our first big twist here. The second one comes almost immediately as Amanda shoots Lynn kind of uh, in, a, in a way where she like hangs her head and she's, it's almost like she's given up and she knows that she's not supposed to do what she's about to do, but she just like shoots her anyway, you know? She falls into Jeff's arm and then Jeff, that gun that he was building the whole time, the one bullet that he had in there, points and shoots and blasts Amanda right in the neck. Bam. 
And as Amanda is bleeding out and dying, John explains to her that this wasn't really Lynn's test. It was a man. Time for the montage. It wasn't about Lynn keeping... <laughs> exactly, it's montage time, baby. Lynn wasn't just keeping John alive. Amanda was keeping Lynn alive. Because John started to see this change in the way that Amanda was operating. And he knew that he still needed a successor, but... I mean, he didn't want Amanda to fail him. So he needed to test her one more time just to see if she really could be the new Jigsaw. And unfortunately, she failed for John. And you can see John, he's like crying as he delivers. And he says, but you couldn't do it. And then Amanda bleeds out on the floor there. And John tells her, game over. Mm. Now, before we get to the the actual conclusion here part of amanda's big breakdown this is where we touch back on the very 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 beginning of the film where we see detective matthews breakout amanda did not lock the bathroom door behind her so eric with his busted ass foot was able to find i guess like a loose pipe or something it looked like and get out of the bathroom and find Amanda in the hallway. And Amanda panicked here because it was almost like she was like, fuck, I forgot to lock it. Or maybe she like didn't realize that she would have had to have locked it. Either way, she was a rookie. Rookie mistake. She fucked up. And she has this big fight with Eric uh, in the, the hallways, alleyways, I don't know what you would call it, the corridors surrounding the bathroom. And she explains in this fight because it really uncovered a lot of what Amanda was insecure about. Because he starts shouting at her, you're not Jigsaw, bitch. You'll never be Jigsaw. You're not him. And then that's, that kind of triggers her. And then she goes back and she tells John that she's a murderer. So she confesses to killing Eric. Um, there is a scene that was filmed, but has was not included in the movie. And to this day has never been seen by the public of Amanda going back and the knife that Xavier used to cut the skin off the back of his neck was still in the bathroom. Eric grabbed that knife on his way out and this is what they fought over. Well, Amanda uses that knife to stab Eric to death while talking shit to him for the last time. Uh, so Eric's murder scene, uh, not in the movie. We do not get to see it, but we are, are told through this dialogue exchange between Amanda and Jigsaw that even though he literally broke his foot to get out of the bathroom, they had this big fight which involved Amanda kicking him in the ankle and throwing mm. his foot over, which was so gross. <laughs> but we, we see all this happen and we're told that this murder takes place. So we're told that Eric dies and we don't get to see it on camera um but now amanda dies and i don't know if either of you noticed this but amanda was shot in the neck and she died in a pool of blood surrounding her head in the same position that john laid in the original saw movie nope didn't notice that. so yeah she she died in the same way that john laid in the bathroom uh in a in a puddle of blood similar to his so now we're left with a dying Lynn, a furious Jeff, and sort of 
aloof Jigsaw, and a dead Amanda. So now Amanda, who is going to be the new Jigsaw, she's dead. So we're, we're again at that point of just fucking everybody dies. And then what you mentioned earlier, Tim, this is that point. John gives Jeff the chance to forgive everything. Like, let it go. This is, put your vengeance aside. Forgive me for everything I've put you through. I can have an ambulance here in just a few minutes to save your wife. It'll all be over. Just let go. And then we get what I thought was going to be the first somewhat happy ending in Saw so far, where Jeff puts his hand on Jigsaw's chest and says, I forgive you. And the next thing we see is a tear streaming down John's face. So we see a lot of emotion here from John. Um, did you, well, and then immediately after, Jeff grabs that buzzsaw, uh, which is a little on Ooh, the nose. Way but, on the nose. You know. <laughs> um, what, what did you guys think, in, before he grabs the buzzsaw, in that moment, what did you, what did you guys think? Did you think that th that was going to be the end? You thought that he was actually going to learn his lesson and offer forgiveness? I think, had no Tim? faith in Slash Jeff, and I was actually kind of aggravated by the twist at the time. So I kind of had that going on with me. Mm -hmm. Not the Amanda twist. It was the 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 whole Jeff and that's his wife, Lynn. Yeah, all that crap. I didn't like it. Uh, um, we can get into that in a little bit, but um, so I still that kind of tainted the scene for me, where I was kind of aggravated. But at the same time, I was also mm -hmm. so into the John and Amanda thing that I was still had that fresh in my mind. So maybe I didn't experience it enough i mean well enough because my mind was kind of uh i was kind of distracted um but uh sure. i knew I, I know but i knew he was gonna kill him um i guess mcfadden um like i said i can't go i can't decide whether i think he's a good actor or a bad actor he gave it away i mean he was just he was <laughs> to me he was telegraphing it um and the setup of the scene was telegraphing and he was gonna kill him uh the, the saw that was Oh boy, that was uh, yeah. that was kind of silly. How on the nose that was! Um, boy, that was on the nose. Yeah, uh, but no, I did not think. <laughs> also, I want to know how is he going to get an ambulance there in two minutes? Does he have one of those life alert? I've fallen, I can't get up. Things around his neck, or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, he's got a special. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know how that would work, but uh, yeah, no, I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so, Colin, what was your thought there? Did you think that that was? Did you think the twist of this movie was going to be? a victim finally learning their lesson and not doing it and, and forgiving. Yeah, I actually thought that the, the way that I thought it was going to end, I was like, okay. Uh, I was like, somehow he gets, he gets uh, the, the, the collar off of uh, Lynn and I thought he was going to redeem himself. Mind you, this was the quickest decision that he's made the entire movie. Oh yeah. Oh, by the God. way, so, Before, so I'm like, I'm like, okay. Like in that, itself i was like okay well he's redeemed so i i thought i thought that that's where it was going and i thought that uh john would probably like literally just pass away as uh they're like exiting the building and like the you know you see uh they're exiting the building you see like uh you see you know bright lights you know coming to rescue them or whatever i thought that's how it was going to end um but <laughs> That was exactly how I thought it was going to end yeah. the first time. So that, that that's what I thought. <laughs> and then, damn. Yeah. 
we were all very wrong, <laughs> very wrong. As Jeff says, fuck you anyway, and takes a buzzsaw and almost decapitates Jigsaw with it as he just cleans this buzzsaw right across your boy's neck. Um, and of course, because it's Jigsaw, as he's dying, as he starts to flatline, Lynn starts to panic. And what did he have in his hand under the covers oh, of dude. his little bed? I hate player. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And dog. he presses play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he presses play and he reveals his master plan the whole time. He was specifically saying for Jeff that it brings him one step closer to the man responsible for the loss of his child. He wasn't talking about the death of his son, Dylan. He was talking about the kidnapping of his daughter, Corbett. Corbett because if, yes, her name is Corbett. Because if John uh, was was forgiven, if Jeff learned his lesson, then he would have been not only released along with Lynn, but released along with their daughter. But because Jeff decided to kill Jigsaw, he now had to play another game. Um, so the movie ends on this cliffhanger with Jeff, no, screaming to the sky as John flatlines and dies, and it triggers the uh, shotgun collar exploding Lynn's head. And that is where Saw 3 ends. Um, now, before before we go any further, one of the reasons that we're doing this podcast is because there is some debate as to the Saw timeline and what works. For full transparency, Jigsaw, the, the movie titled Jigsaw, came out seven years following Saw 7 which of course at the time is also called Saw the Final Chapter. Um, and it was the last movie at the time. So seven years later, Jigsaw comes out and is intended to be a sort of soft reboot taking place in the same vein. But the problem with that was there was some timeline wonkiness, which we'll talk about much later, that made it seem like maybe it doesn't fit there. Perhaps Jigsaw actually takes place after Saw 3 instead of going down the path of 4, 5, 6, and 7. So bearing that thought in mind, there would need to be closure to the Saw 3 cliffhanger. And we actually have that in the form of the first about 10 or so pages of one of the first uh, drafts of the Saw 4 script that was written by the two men that end up taking over this series from Lee Winnell. Uh, in those pages, the game that Jigsaw was referring to is a game that Jeff has to play with Chris, the man that Lynn was cheating on him with. Um, very long story, very short. Uh, it ends up being somewhat of another version of the pig trap with the judge. Except instead of the pigs being dropped in, uh, it's Jeff and Chris. Um, they Chris chooses not to forgive Jeff because Jeff chose not to forgive anybody else. Um, and they in in making that choice, Jeff also receives the same fate as Jeff or Chris does. 
and Chris and Jeff are dropped into pretty much the same machine that the pigs were dropped into, and their blended blood and guts, instead of filling a vat, fill a different device that raises uh, like a little tiny buoy thing, a little balloon deal, that unlocks the door where Corbett was being Corbett. held captive. Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know the origins of that name, but Corbett... Mr. Science Theater. Um, and... The end. <laughs> yes, uh, her her name was Crow. Um, she's <laughs> released out into presumably the I don't know parking lot of this meat packing plant, um, where you know whatever trigger released her also called you know police and ambulance and fire department whatever. So this little girl is rescued. The authorities find the aftermath of all of this mess. Um, and that's and that little girl it. would grow up to uh, be Tw- Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and she is now a multi-platinum recording <laughs> artist. Um, no, that's and that's just kind of where the Saw series would end, with John kind of going down in history in the same way as a, a Jeffrey Dahmer, a Zodiac killer, a John Wayne Gacy type. Um, and then over the next decade, the ambiguous city that this takes place in Jersey-ish is just trying to move on from the grisliness of all of that. Uh, So that is why from here after now that we've done the, the core three films, the next film that we're going to do is Jigsaw. So we're picking up 10 years after what we've just seen. Um, So that's the, that's the direction that we're going in. Um, and then we're going to take a pause there because there's a reason that that doesn't continue. And then we're going to go back to the four, five, six, and seven path. So just to give you a preview of what we're going to be doing with the podcast. Um, but again, that's where Saw 3 ends. So uh, as we are as we are wrapping up here, what um, I, I want to get your overall opinions on not just Saw 3, but what the, the arc of the trilogy has looked like for you. And, and uh, Cullen, I'll, I'll ask you. Yeah, dude. Uh, for, for, for this being like my first trilogy of, a hor- of I guess, horror films, I'm like, this is, this is pretty yeah. well done overall. Um, I, I, I think it's super fan service, mm-hmm. which obviously a guy like me is going to like. I'm, not, I'm no movie critic. Um, you know, like I have my critiques, but I also have like, like uh, the bathroom scene where they're redoing it dude like that like everything about like that is just um it it makes it it made the viewing worth it and i mean i'll i mean just me sitting down with popcorn is is worth it but uh no dude i i i really i really like it but uh, i'm also like where do they go from here and i'm like dude these movies are about to get really bad Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. These, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's what I take away from this. Cool, uh, Tim. What are your what are your overall thoughts on Saw Three and and the trilogy? Okay, before I get into that, just a couple of notes on the very end of the film. Um, um, so when a credits roll, there's one of the worst credit songs I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, seriously, <laughs> listen to it. It sounds like someone recorded it in their goddamn garage. My first thought was, is this someone's brother-in-law? Is this Shitmaster's uncle or cousin or something? And then I found out that was Helmet. Um, 
legendary alternative metal band yeah. Helmet, maybe recording the worst song in their entire discography for the Saw Three soundtrack. So that was just one note. Also, while watching yeah. the credits, I saw that Frankie G, our old friend, was credited as Xavier Dead. In parentheses, dead. Yes, he played his Xavier Dead. So uh, obviously, Saw Two was a boon to yes. his career, um, where he was taken apart as a dead, taken apart <laughs> as a dead body in the uh, sequel. Um, so anyway, on the film, I do think that I know that you know you told me you explained to us that this was supposed to be the last, the last film, and it's good. Because it, it yeah. should have been because John John's intellect was becoming supernatural. Um, his planning was becoming supernatural. Yeah. It's the Admiral Thrawn problem, which is a Star Wars reference. There's a character in the expanded universe mm-hmm. of Star Wars, Admiral Thrawn, who's this incredible, incredible strategist. But there's a point where they have the they they almost challenge themselves to come up with all these their ornate plans that he came up with, and it was almost magical. That he he would out he would have these plans. Yeah. So I'm glad that they that was the plan was to get rid of him uh, to kill John off because they couldn't go any further. And I say this, there's like what six seven more movies. So and what the fuck do I know? Um, anyway, in the film, <laughs> the Amanda John stuff is awesome. Like I brought up them setting up them setting up yeah. stuff. All that give me I love that. Give me the meat and potatoes of how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole the whole Jeff thing, throw that out the goddamn window. Uh, the whole Lynn thing. All, I mean, she the doctor could have been there. That's not a problem. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I think it was a twist for the sake of a twist. That whole thing. Um, my my opinion, of course, the fill in that I can't fill in details. I'm not a fucking writer, but Carrie should have been doing the final test. Detective, the detective. This should have been her. It should have been her story because she has it. She's been in the films. But finally, concentrate on her, and her going. Her basically, her her uh, obsession was Jigsaw. So it her yes, basically versus him, which I know is cliche, but I think would have served the story so much better. It would have folded in so much better, dovetailed into what they were already doing, bringing things full circle. So if you have her being the one being tested, and her finally, finally getting to Jigsaw. And maybe she kills him. Maybe he kills her. Yeah. And they, but somehow they both die at the end. Mm-hmm. And Amanda yeah. dies at the end. Maybe set it up where there's a there's a boss, there's a, sec, a secondary boss and a final boss. I don't care. If that would have been the way it ended, that would have been yeah. that would have been perfect. A perfect circle. Instead of doing this another twist and another, we have to find a way to, for a guy to scream at scream at the end of the credits. You know. Uh, do you yeah, uh, not? Yeah, I, I would say do. Go uh, ahead. Do you think Eric should have been in this movie more, or was it just enough? No, well, actually, I think the, the hallway fight scene was way too long. But, okay. Um, I think they could have found a way to make it. I mean, maybe she discovers the body. Carrie discovers the body, or mm-hmm. something. You know what I mean, and that makes her makes her put her into a, like a tap state of mind. Cool. You know what I mean? Where she's like just yeah. on her own, basically. You know, she just kind of goes nuts. Yeah. I think all that would have worked. Uh, any of that could have worked. Uh, yet again, I'm not the writer. I can't come up with all of it. But um, I just think that would have been more satisfying. I actually, I mean, I, I honestly, uh, I know you haven't answered the, asked the question yet, Brett, but I'm going to answer it now. I saw enough. I saw enough. Yeah. With this one. Yeah. That, that's where I was going. Yeah. Did you, did you, would you want to see more or did no. you saw enough? Yeah. Uh, Cullen, what do you, what's I, your I, answer? I, I've, I've already kind of said it. Uh, I've, I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah. 
I saw enough. Yeah, I think I, I honestly thought that that's exactly where we would get here with this. And um, I will say, not only do I really like that pitch yeah. that you have there, Tim, um, but I will also say that for a variety of different reasons, both real life reasons and uh, storytelling within the movie reasons, uh, the original uh, elevator pitch for Saw 3 that Lee Winnell put together uh, did not happen. But what was going to be the, the Jigsaw and Amanda piece of that movie, uh, the person going through the tests would have been Allison, Dr. Oh. Gordon's wife. And instead of Lynn, it was Dr. Gordon. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, a variety of so different So Dr. Gordon's still alive. Didn't happen. Uh, not necessarily, <laughs> no. Um, that was one of that was one of the reasons why uh, it was argued. Uh, you know, sh- he was name dropped a lot in the sequels, but it's like, should he be in? Should he not? Should he be alive? Um, Carrie Ellis was also asking for a, a, a pretty heavy price tag to come back after that, and uh, they, you know, what tests would his wife be going through? It didn't really make a whole lot of sense, and they couldn't really. And you know, it was just a lot, and they decided to change that up completely and come up with original characters. I, I'm a firm believer that um, Adam is still alive. He, he might he have made. made it. Hey, time will tell he on that. Okay. Have <laughs> to live forever. Yeah. Uh, and, and speaking of time, we are out of it for this week. Uh, so next week, boys and girls, we are going to be going over Jigsaw. Uh, the 2017 soft reboot of the Saw series. Uh, soft reboot meaning not completely starting over from scratch, but starting over from scratch within the same universe. So we've done Saw, Saw 2, Saw 3. Now we're jumping ahead 10 whole years and going for a new installment set in the same universe of the three things that we have just seen. Um, we're going to be going over that next week. Uh, and that one is uh, a... Uh, going to be very, very interesting and controversial for a number of reasons. So I'm really excited for next week's episode. Uh, but until then, thank you for listening to We Saw Enough. And for Tim and for Cullen, my name is Brett. And this week, it's game over. <laughs>